perspective, experience, and a sense of humor. If you don't get it, listen closer. Gil Whiteley says things you need to think about. If you're wondering if he just said that, he did. Whiteley so. Mile High Sports. Hello and welcome. Adam Mates from CNBR. Did you have the crazy weekend down there you were expecting? Um, yeah, man, it's been real crazy lately. Um, for a lot of these games, it's been, it's been a good time. It's going to be even crazier this weekend. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, well, I certainly don't like the matchup with them in Golden State. Although it's, uh, for some reason he's not listed, at least on ESPN, but Seth Curry might miss the game one and I'm not sure why. Have you heard anything? I don't think he is going to miss. I think he will be available, from what I've heard. I mean, you're right that it what hasn't is, been made official. What is the reason that he's even questioned? Is he injured? Well, he rolled he rolled an ankle, yeah, three or four weeks ago. Um, and so he actually hasn't played for a while. It, and it's weird, Gil. You know, they got Clay Thompson packed this year, but right when he came back, Draymond Green got hurt. And then when Draymond Green came back, uh, Steph Curry got hurt. So this season, those three players have only played 11 minutes together. In fact, they've only played 11 minutes together over the last three seasons. So when they come back for game one of the playoffs, I suspect that'll be the first real game they've all been back together. Oh, that's not the best news I've ever heard. Uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, I know. All of a sudden on, uh, on Twitter and social media, people are starting to get annoyed by Jamal Murray not coming back. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And to be honest with you, I kind of understand it. Um, It's always tough when we're talking about a player's health because we don't know. We can get information. We can read the tea leaves. We can talk to people. But we don't really know what's going through an athlete's mind in terms of, you know, how they're feeling and what the risk, you know, they feel the risk is. What I will say is I had been, I had heard from a lot of different sources that Murray physically, you know, the risks of re-injury have been pretty low for, for a while but that maybe he was experiencing some discomfort and, you know, just wasn't sure if he was ready to come back. But I think that he probably could come back with very, very low risk of re-injury. And it's just a mental hurdle for him to kind of get over. The team has said when he says he's ready to go, he's going to play. That's the only thing holding him out. So I understand the frustration and I probably even lean that way with the caveat of, we don't really know uh, what he's experiencing. Uh, and, and, and we don't know, what happened with uh, uh, with Porter as well? Either because he was looked like yeah. he was destined to come back before Murray, and then uh, and then he may have had some kind of setback. He's the one, you know. With, with Murray, I feel like we have a good handle of, on on the situation. You know, wait, the team kind of waiting for him to fill up for it. He's been ramping up. I saw him at, at workouts the other day. He looked really thin in a good way. You know, looked like he had dropped weight and was in playing shape, playing speed. He was super quick. With Michael Porter, it's really weird because I, I, you're right. Six weeks ago, it looked like he was ready to come back. You see him working out. You know, there was the setback that happened, but it was reported as a minor one. And then a couple weeks later, all of a sudden, you don't hear any updates. Nobody's talking about him. Michael Malone gave a no comment when he was asked about Michael Porter the other day. I mean, usually a coach will talk around it and say something. He just said no comment. Next question. Well, he, well, so, he was talking Porter up uh, 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 three weeks ago, four weeks ago. That like he was coming back. So something happened. I mean, it sure seems like something happened between then and now um, that has sort of, I, I don't want to say taken him off the table, but 
you would certainly expect there to be some kind of update uh, if he was looking to play. Of course, we'll have practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to kind of pry around and, and, and see what drops. And then Michael Porter himself has been, you know, dropping little clues on Instagram, you know, eye emoji or hourglass emoji, like hinting at, you know, only time he's going to be back soon or something. And then you get these reports that he's not coming back. So the Michael Porter one, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on there. Uh, looks like Andrew Wiggins is day to day. They got both Porter and, and Murray listed as out. That's their only injuries. Uh, how deep's the rotation? Is it eight, eight guys deep? Uh, to get you know double digit minutes and then and then that and then two guys that it'll get uh, five to eight minutes. Is that what it I think looks in like? game? I think in game one you probably play your full ten man rotation. Um, may, maybe it's only nine uh, because Golden State is so small that I don't know if you can play off of the bench both Demarcus Cousins and Jamichael Green. And I wouldn't be surprised if the player to not play was DeMarcus Cousins, who's been pretty good for Denver. But you talk about a matchup where Golden State's at their best when Draymond Green goes to, to the center spot and they just play fast. They shoot a lot of threes. They make you guard out on the perimeter. Well, you've seen DeMarcus Cousins move. He can't guard the perimeter. Him trying to guard Steph Curry out on the three-point line would be a disaster for Denver. So I don't... I, it'll be interesting to see, but I think Denver will probably go to a nine-man rotation and, and by game three or four... I wouldn't be surprised if it was an eight-man rotation unless Jamal Murray and Michael Porter were back. Yeah. Uh, is Bones part of that rotation? I think he is. I mean, they're going to sink or swim with him, and this is a really tough matchup for him because Golden State's a smart team, and it requires a smart, disciplined defense to, to stick with him with how much they cut, how much they screen. I mean, they're one of those teams that just never stops moving. And Bones Highland, you know, that's the hardest part for any rookie is reading the court quickly in real time on the defensive end. But Denver doesn't have options. I mean, Bones Highland might be the third or fourth best player the Nuggets have, even even with all of his flaws. So they've got to hope for some hot shooting from, from Bones, and they've got to hope that he's dialed in defensively so he's not giving up. The plays that really kill you against Golden State is when you give Clay Thompson a wide-open corner three or Steph Curry a wide-open shot at the top of the key. That's how they get going. He can't cover either of those guards, not even close. Well, nobody can. And when we talk about one-on-one defense, those guys aren't like – they're not like Kyrie Irving who are just going to take you one-on-one. What they do is they run a bunch of screens and pin-downs and just nonstop action. So it's not even about can you guard them one-on-one. It's about can you just navigate screen after screen, cut after cut, and not get lost. Um, and I'm, and that's the thing with Bones Highland. He has not been really good at that, but no rookie's very good at that. And they're going to need him to level up really, really quickly to have a chance in the series. Uh, well, but, uh, uh, I, I just think this is a nightmare matchup for them. I'd have much rather they were facing Utah or, uh, I, you know, almost anybody, Dallas. I mean, it's, uh, do you see Luca got hurt? In, in the second half of this last game, it was kind of a meaningless game, and they played him anyway, and he got a calf strain. I, we don't know the severity of it yet, but there's a chance that he is very hobbled, which you talk about bad luck. If Denver gets the Dallas Mavericks and Luka's only at 50%, Denver might have won that series in four or five games, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't break your way. Yeah. Uh, the uh, – uh, yes, yeah, I – I, I'm, I'm, I, I understand what you're saying with Michael Dreen and, and with Boogie, but I, I think, I think Boogie has earned the, 
earn the rights for the the minutes in the playoffs. I, I think he's been a he's been a huge uh, help to this team, um, and I, I'm I feel bad for the Nuggets. I don't I don't you know uh, that he's not a good matchup. Uh, it, it's kind of like what happened to him, George Carl's last year. All of a sudden, they were not a good matchup anywhere, and that there was nothing they could do. This might be a similar series to that. It might be. I'll tell you, I'm worried about DeMarcus Cousins because he was really good early on when he joined the Nuggets. I think they went 10-0 and in his first 10 games. But there's been a pretty big drop-off with him over the last couple weeks, not just in sort of production, but in foul. he's been fouling a lot. Um, you know, he's the done, he's done that from day one. But it's become a problem, I think, over these last few games. I mean, you look at some of the last five, six games where Denver really had to win. He's only played four or five minutes in a couple of those, in large part because that's all Denver could afford. You know, they had to get Jokic back on the court. They had to get him oh, off. I think it, that's so. all he gets anyway. I think he's only going to get, you know, six to eight minutes. Uh, if, but if we, if, they if, use if we go back to that Minnesota game, I think he played five minutes and was a minus. You know, the Nuggets got outscored by 12 points in that game. So, if the, yes, if he only plays three, four, five minutes, even if that's the plan, you still have to be even or close to even in those games. You can't give up a 10-point run in those minutes or Denver will have no chance. Uh, I, I don't know the number. You probably do. But he's been here less than half a season. And I'll bet yeah. he leads the team in technicals. <laughs> I don't know that number off the top of my head either, but I, I'm sure it's true as well. I think you only get yeah. 16 before you get suspended. Yeah, yeah, he's been here for 25 games, and I'll bet he's got 10, 11, 12 of them. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, Probably top uh, 10 in the NBA in technicals. In his career? <laughs> no, current this season. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. Like, like you said, he only played 25 games or so, but he's probably top 10 in the NBA in technical fouls. Uh, I, I know that nobody got more than sixteen, uh, 15. Luka Doncic has 15. He leads the NBA in technicals. I think Boogie probably has 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Uh, is the MVP voting close out this afternoon? Closed out actually yesterday. Everybody, the voters had to have their ballots in. Um, but we won't find uh, out for a uh, while. Stephen A. this morning says he, has, he only has a few hours left to get his ballot in. Maybe I misheard. Maybe this it was min, it, it, maybe midnight tonight, or maybe it was noon today. I, I don't remember. So, but e- either way, I think all voters have their minds made up, um, and, and all the votes are in. And by the way, the early returns, because we won't find out about this for a while, we do. We did find out. Um, you know, some people will just publish what they they wrote. Usually today and tomorrow, people will write a story saying, "Here's who I voted for and why." And I think some twenty five, thirty of those have come out already. And Jokic has a pretty good lead on first place vote. So I, I think um I think he went back to back. I think he got it pretty comfortably. Uh you know, you keep hearing people go, you know, uh, uh, making excuses for them bead because of Simmons. Uh now uh, uh you're not you know and, and all the different things he's gone through. And no one kinda understands that the Nuggets are sitting there with, you know, four hundred and twenty million dollars in contracts who didn't play this year. And two guys. Right. It's, I, I'm so sick of Embiid, to be honest with you. I just, you know, it's funny. You hear from Giannis, you hear from Jokic, and they both say, hey, we're focused on this or that. Every, they give their credit. You know, all those guys have been good or whatever. And you hear Embiid, and he's over there begging, saying, nobody likes me. I feel like 
why don't I win this one? I did everything. Oh, look, it, and even blaming some teammates, saying, hey, my teammates did, I did my job, my teammates didn't do this. And it just, I just roll my eyes at it every time I see it. But um, I think, I honestly think Joel Embiid is probably going to come in, I, I think he'll probably come in second or third, but it'll be close. And I think people will be surprised at how far he fell over this last month of the season. They lost, the 76ers lost every big game they played against the Nuggets, against Brooklyn, against Milwaukee, against Toronto. All of the games they needed, they lost, and I think that swayed voters. Oh, tell me what you think. We're gonna uh, before I talk to you again next week. Is this? Yeah, I only use you once a week. Um, how do you think this goes? Gil, you know, I don't feel good about it. I mean, I, I just I, all year you were hoping Jamal Murray would be back and get some games under his belt, um, and when that didn't happen, factored in that I think the people are sleeping on how good this Warriors team is. I mean, at their best. I, I think they're the best team in the NBA when they're fully healthy. So I, to me, I'm probably going to go Warriors in five. Um, I, I'm, wow. And I'm worried as much about Warriors in four as I am, you know, hoping for Nuggets in seven or six. So I, I think that the Warriors just um, are a much better team with a lot more experience and, and will will probably dominate the series quite a bit. Wow. I was I was hoping I would get more of a homer answer out of you. <laughs> <laughs> this Nuggets team just isn't that good you know they have a great player um, but they're very limited and very solvable and the Warriors are probably number one or number two smartest team in the NBA they're, they're the second best defense in the NBA and they'll be a great offense once they have all of their offensive players back but they're very smart they, they work on a string defensively and they know what you're good at and what you're not good at and they force you into the things you're not good at and so Denver it's just not very versatile. They've got Jokic, and they've got a bunch of role players. And uh, while I think Jokic will play very well, the Warriors are going to force Barton to beat you. They're going to force Aaron Gordon to beat you and Jeff Green to beat you. And I just I don't think that's where Denver wants to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, and most of the year, you know, you, you, we've heard from Michael Malone, and he, you know, he said repeatedly he wants some take between 15, 20, or 25 shots in a game. That one game he took 35 shots, he was forcing the ball up. Uh, yeah. they, they're much better off if he takes 20 shots and gets four more assists than they are him, him taking 35 shots. That was, a, yeah. that was a tell. He got 40 minutes in that game, but that was a telltale game if you watch it. And he was, he was bushed. You know, you don't see him forcing shots yeah. uh, ever, and he was forcing the ball. I think he's going to have to do that in this series, too, because, like I said, the Warriors are very good at, at rotating on the backside, and I think they're going to double him hard, but they're going to take away a lot of the kickouts, which means Denver doesn't have guys that just attack closeouts and finish at the rim and finish through traffic. They don't have that type of player. Jamal Murray's that type of player, but they don't have him if he's not healthy, so... Jokic, I think, is going to have to take good shots because, or, or I'm sorry, bad shots because bad shots with him and a double team are probably going to be the best option that they have. But you know, he's the other thing that Golden State's going to do is make Jokic and it, get, and it gets him. To, it gets court. him to the line too, right? I mean, you hope so. Jokic has absolutely destroyed their center, Kevon Looney. I mean, that's a really bad matchup for Golden State. I just think they're going to be smart and put multiple bodies on him, double team him, triple team him at every cost, and and make other people beat him and the other thing they're going to do is they're going to make Jokic guard the perimeter they're going to put him in 
two or three pick and rolls every time down the court so that he's having to use a lot of energy on defense, and that just kind of wears you down over the course of a game and over the course of a season. Uh, you know, maybe try, maybe go right at him and, and try to force him to get in foul trouble. I don't. Yeah, that's always a, that's always a risk. Jokic is pretty good at avoiding foul trouble. I think the bigger thing you look at is Yoke probably needs to play 40, 41 minutes every game. And yeah. if you have to guard Steph Curry every time down court, and then you have to go score through double teams, Jokic is one of the best conditioned athletes in all the NBA. I really believe that. But even for him, that's going to be a really tough task to keep up for 40 minutes. Well, Adam, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, 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 barring anything other than uh, an emergency story, I'll, I'll wait and we'll talk next week. All righty. Sounds good, Gil. Thank you. Adam Mades from DNVR. Uh, check him out uh, and, uh, if you get an opportunity. We'll be back right after this. Stick around. Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Where have you been hiding 